Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Wow, the Seattle Seahawks may be back in the playoff race. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Andrew Perloff, thrilling one on Monday Night Football. If you couldn't stay up for it, couldn't stay up late, it was the Seahawks with a come-from-behind win. They had a backup quarterback in Drew Locke who engineered a touchdown drive, three passes to DK Metcalf that were on the money, and then a touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba, former Ohio State wide receiver, back of the end zone, thing of beauty. Unfortunately, Perloff's Eagles go yeah. home disappointed. And it was a lucky win for the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, sure. uh, actually, no, it was a great win for the Seahawks, but this was a game the Eagles blew. Yep. Jalen Hurts, they were the, he threw two interceptions. The last one, whatever, they were running out of time. The one before that, the Eagles were in a position to sort of keep driving the ball and run the clock out on Seattle. Instead, they try this 50-yard pass to Quez Watkins, who gets muscled out by Julian Love. Probably a penalty, but regardless, it was a dumb call, and it was a dumb decision by Jalen Hurts to let it go. Once again, Nick Sirianni has been a good coach, no doubt. The guy made the Super Bowl. But he does feel the lack a little bit of game management here. Again, in typical Perloff fashion, though, I am taking this all with a grain of salt. They of course win, you are. Because if they win last night's game, does anything in the NFC change? Nothing. There's no way. The team I saw last night has no chance against the San Francisco 49ers. The Matt Patricia took over as defensive coordinator a little bit better, but this is a very flawed team. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think the big takeaway for me is you lose three straight and you just don't look like a Super Bowl team right now. Now, to make things a little better, that doesn't mean you can't get yourself back to looking good because you're playing the Giants twice in the Arizona Cardinals. You still can win the NFC East if you win out. Obviously, Dallas' schedule is a bit tougher, starting with Miami Dolphins this week. But, you know, you still have a shot. I just think that confidence level right now in the Eagles is the lowest it's probably been in quite some time because this was a juggernaut of a team last year, lost only one game in the regular season, right? Uh, No, they lost three games. Three games because Gardner Minshew lost two. And... It was just a, like you have this unbeatable play with the tush push. Turns out Jason Kelsey has maybe been moving the ball like a yard up on this play all season long. They're starting to ding him for it. He got called for a penalty <laughs> on the tush push last night, so that's kind of rare. But you have this unstoppable play, and you have an MVP like candidate quarterback, yeah. but Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over now just way too much. And even with the tush push and the defense now with the Eagles, it just does not feel the same. Well, a couple of important things are different. Jalen Hurts has been, you know, he took the knee brace off, but he clearly, you can see him half limping. It, yeah. it does not look right when he runs the ball. Ran a lot last night, 
but it looks painful for him. So he's way less explosive as a runner, and the defense cannot get after the quarterback. Is any quarterback scared of this defensive line anymore? I Maybe it's because Javon Hargrave's long, uh, gone. Maybe it's because they know the cornerbacks can't cover. But there is just... This defense is not intimidating anyone, with or without Matt, our guy Matt Patricia. I mean, this is this is Georgia North here with all those defensive yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter is legit. I, the fact that that I I forget character. This is the most exciting rookie the Eagles gotten on defense in forever. He never should have fallen to number nine. He is explosive, but who else? Who else scares you? Fletcher Cox is about a hundred years old. They, you know, Brandon Graham is still producing, but they basically got old on defense and they lost a couple free agents. So that's what really worries me. I mean, honestly, if they had won last night, say, for example, Drew Locke doesn't throw that awesome touchdown pass to the end. Yeah. Does it make any difference? I mean, is there any? Is anyone closing the gap on the 49ers team that blew them out three weeks ago? No, I think things are setting up quite nicely here for the 49ers, if we're going to be honest. I mean, it's... Yeah. And for Seattle, the same thing for Seattle. Seattle, if they make the playoffs, guess who's eventually going to be waiting for them? Is well, a San Francisco team they have no chance against. Yeah, we saw that last year, and they kept it close in the first half in the playoffs, yep. and then driving yep. rain in San Francisco, and then ultimately the 49ers pulled away. But... um it's the 49ers, like, it's theirs to lose at this point. And it's not that because the Eagles couldn't pull it together in the next three weeks. It's not because the Dallas Cowboys are a bad team. It's because who really, in their right mind, beyond the staunchest Dallas Cowboy fan, would actually be picking the Cowboys to beat the 49ers this time? Like, you know, they have the mental edge. They have the physical edge. All of that stuff. And, and it'll probably be in San Francisco. Probably be in San Francisco. And so things are just setting up nicely. I mean, does anyone trust the Detroit Lions going on the road and no. to play in San Francisco? No, I, no. I just don't Jared think Goff so. Jared Goff outside? No. Uh, so meanwhile, that's what's going on. The 49ers, really, things are, are breaking quite, quite nicely for them this year. And they're earning it because they've looked dominant. Okay. Tom Brady is now the gift that keeps on giving. This guy has so many opinions about the NFL. In some ways, it's really refreshing because oftentimes Perloff superstars, like, and Brady has done this his whole career, they don't want to say anything, right? They don't want to put their opinions out there. They don't want to get the backlash. They don't want to ruin their brand. They don't want to take the slings and arrows. But here comes Brady now, almost a full year removed from the NFL. He's going to be going into broadcasting, and he's letting the opinions fly. And this can only bode well for him, I think, when he gets to broadcasting. So yesterday, was it yesterday this came out about DeMonte Kazee? Yes, yes. So uh, DeMonte Kazee suspended yesterday. He was suspended for the rest of the season for the hit that knocked out Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman on Saturday in the second quarter. Brutal hit. I mean, Pittman is the definition of defenseless because he's literally in the middle of the field going up to catch a ball and here comes KZ just with the helmet, just knocks him out cold, right? Really difficult to watch. KZ was kicked out of that game. He was ejected from that game. And then he got uh, suspended for the year. Now, this made it out to social media yesterday. And I have to read it for you because Tom Brady wrote a response to the suspension. Here's what he wrote. Nobody likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. Quarterbacks should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. Quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places, and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat-out wrong. 
Need better quarterback play? Double exclamation point. It's not okay, quarterbacks, to get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions, exclamation point. Yeah. I think Brady has a point here. I think he does. Listen, you're never going to be perfect here, and unfortunately, hits like this are going to keep happening because it's a brutal sport. But part of the skill of playing quarterback should be trying to make sure you can put the ball where no one else can catch it except for your receiver and trying to save them from these big hits. Right. I mean, you know that uh, transference or that expression when you are calling out a fault in somebody else because it's really your own fault, you know, one finger pointing at the other person for pointing back at you. There is, I, I, I'm almost positive that there's no quarterback in NFL history who's caused more concussions for his wide receivers than Tom Brady. Just because of the fact that Tom Brady played, did he play longer than any quarterback? Well, yeah. And listen, Wes Welker called himself the poster child for concussions. Who do you think was throwing him all of his passes? Wes Welker worked in the middle field. Tom Brady loved the middle of the field, and his receivers got blown up all the time. I, I looked at the Super Bowl highlight. The most famous one was Julian Edelman. Right. Got blown up in the Super Bowl by Cam Chancellor. Brady threw right over the middle, basically right at Cam Chancellor's helmet. So this this happened all the time. Wes Welker, Gronkowski, there's, there's video montages of him taking massive hits. He used to float it to Gronkowski and then take a huge hit just because Gronk was so big. But Gronk's body wore down. Brady led guys into hits all the time, more so, way more than Gardner Minshew. Okay, but, okay, here's the thing. I don't think that Brady, like, having to work the middle of the field, he also, I think, was, there. I think there were a lot of hits that did not happen also because of Tom Brady. You're talking, like, every single play that Julian Edelman and Wes Welker were getting concussed. Yes. (laughs) Pro Yes. No, that's not true. There's probably no receiver in our lifetime who is, been more concussion-oriented than Wes Welker. Wes Welker had real problems. He got blown up all the time. Okay, well, we don't have Even the data to, fa- to back that up, well, so you can just wildly I, speculate I, here. Well, but- no, Wes Welker, he, called, he actually called himself, I am the poster child for concussions in the NFL. Okay, but here's a question. Do you not think that part of the skill of being a quarterback should be to try to make sure you're not putting your wide receiver in a bad spot? You think yes. that it's... Okay, so that's what Brady's saying here. And he's Which saying, he did not do. That's but, what I'm saying. Brady didn't do it. Wes Welker had six media-documented concussions as an NFL player, including three in a nine-month period. But Welker himself said it was probably a lot more. Okay, but you this is now... You also don't want players taking advantage of the rules now that so balance and skew the offense that quarterbacks feel like they can throw it wherever they want to on the field. And whether the wide receiver gets hit or whatever, you're all of a sudden not only just getting... Uh, a potential catch, but also a 15-yard penalty on top of it. Like, you are taking some of the skill out of the game, and it's you and EJ who keep complaining about how terrible the quarterback play is in this league. I mean, we're talking about all these backups and how bad they are. I think Brady has a point here. But do you, will you agree with me? You just think me? Brady's being a hypocrite. He's being a complete hypocrite because he threw so many balls that got his guys killed, and he's saying, like, he was some perfect guy at this. I think he feels guilty, and that's why he's acting so weird about this. No, I, well, I don't know about that. Maybe he does feel guilty, but he, he. But the point is really he's saying we shouldn't just be looking at the defensive players here. Whether right. he led some of his wide receivers into concussions and some into hard his, hits. Oh, on, come on. Perloff, whether, whether he did it or not, I think the point is still valid, which is we put all of this on the defensive player now. We put none of the onus on the offensive players to – 
protect themselves, right? And to try to protect themselves. It's gone. We've gone so far to the other side. And listen, I think probably for good reason. We know too much about head injuries now. We don't want guys getting head injuries. But Brady's saying it takes some of the skill out of the game. And I feel bad at times for for the defensive guys because not all of them are headhunting and they are getting penalized and game-changing penalties simply for playing the position hard, not being dirty. Uh, okay. Right? Well, first of all, but the, okay, I, all that does make sense. I, I hear you. But this idea that Tom Brady is saying quarterbacks were so much better back in the day is insane. Quarterbacks are 100% better right now because they've been playing, they've been throwing the ball since they were nine years old all over the field. They're guys, guys make throws today that weren't even imaginable 25 years ago when Brady entered the league in 2000. Yeah, Drew Locke with that nice one to JSN. I mean, like that's that, a, that was that's a real beaut. I mean, He's a backup. Do you, do you think there are guys that could make throws that Justin Herbert is making or even, or even throws Jalen Hurts made? Those, those throws were not made 20 years ago. Part of it is because the defense is hamstrung. And I understand what you're saying. It was hard for KZ to pull back on that one, but you could see it in the moment. He, he, he lined him up and he took him out. He easily could have broken up that pass without doing that. And actually, that's when the game kind of turned on the Steelers. Steelers were about, you know, they were yeah. ahead. And I was like, oh, my gosh, another stupid Steelers play. Because I, I had bet against um, Gardner Minshew. And I'm like, oh, the Steelers clearly have no interest in playing a smart football game here. And it turned out <laughs> to be right. That was right. Now, maybe this particular play was the wrong one for Brady to highlight. But I do think there are other ones where the defensive player – all, they automatically, whether they're just trying to make a play or not, they automatically are the ones who are in the wrong. Like, it's impossible to play corner or safety in this NFL. and to tr- You're not always going to do it in a perfect way because you're trying to tackle a moving target. Yeah, I hear you. But also, by the way, this is not like 2023. I mean, how long have they been flagging this? I mean, a while. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Brady, as you Has benefited out. from all yeah, this, no doubt. Brady's been in this, this NFL... I don't know. I See, just this old man. I was. I did everything better than you. Is kind of ridiculous because honestly, like I'm telling you, you think Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were not leading their receivers into hits? They, those guys have more completions than anyone in the NFL. They probably caused. 50 times the amount of concussions at Gardner Minshew. Okay, but you weren't with Brady when he said that the league was mediocre, and now you are. Right? No, you're, I'm not you're like, coming the, the, around on that. Oh no, this I'm just saying the football this year has been mediocre because there's so many backup quarterbacks. And I think that people are going to come around on this take too, which is basically Brady saying that you can't just constantly blame the defensive player. The quarterback has to take some responsibility also if they lead their receiver into harm's way. Responsibility that he never took. So that's why I have a problem. Like he is not the one to call, but he never took responsibility. I've never heard him say I'm sorry to Wes Welker. The only thing I will say, and I think that's, I understand what you're saying, Perloff, but they played in a different era, okay? Like, this idea that, okay, he's leading guys into big hits. Those guys were taking big hits whether they were, he was leading into these guys or not. Like, they played in an era where you could take a guy out, you can go helmet to helmet, and they weren't throwing a flag. Did Tom Brady ever avoided the middle of the field one time in his entire 400-year NFL career? Tom Brady's ball placement is impeccable. Impeccable, so this, right. This, he can put it right between two defenders. And what's going to happen on that second no, defender he's behind? He's going to blow up the receiver. No, but I've also seen him put it in a spot where he does protect his, his player. This idea that he mm. never did that is yeah, not true. that's what I but, think also. But, well, also I mean, but, you, but you guys disagreed on Wes Welker. I mean, you obviously, you're wrong about that. No, Wes Welker is definitely the biggest concussion case I totally agree about Wes Welker having receiver. those concussions. I don't disagree with that. I do think some of that is how he played football. Like, yes. He's a guy who lived over the middle. He played as a slot receiver. I think to say we're going to just put that all on Tom Brady and put that all on Peyton Manning 
is entirely unfair because there are plenty of other receivers who also lived over the middle that had a lot of concussions. Is Ben Roethlisberger to blame for Heinz Ward to get in a bunch of concussions? No, Heinz Ward played the game like a savage. And so, I say but, that in the best way possible. He was it, a dog. Is Tom Brady the guy to call out uh, quarterbacks for throwing over the middle well, or throwing down the seams? I think he is because because he is saying that, like, look, I played in an era where you, 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 if you did this, guys got killed. And I tried my best not to do that. These guys are playing it. These guys he did not. He didn't try at all. Well, I think so I because totally he's, he's saying like, I, he said this before, not in this quote, but he said it before on his podcast, which is when we're playing against Ray Lewis, that's a real advantage for the defense that I have to try to find a way to avoid Ray Lewis in the middle of the field. I've got to try to find a way to avoid Ed Reed. I've got to work around these guys. In this day and age in the NFL, that's not really part of this game. Right. And these guys are taking advantage of the fact that they don't have to, they don't think they have to do that. So Tom is saying, you guys thinking you're taking advantage of the rules now by saying, look, I'm just going to throw the ball out there and it doesn't matter. They can't hit them. It's unfair to the defense to say, well, it's always their fault because they can't make a play on those certain situations. Now, do I agree with this opinion, this particular case? No. Because Casey clearly was just hit on thing there and he's had a problem this season. But I think his point overall. It's not crazy. It's just I think he's applying it to the wrong play. Yeah, that's what I was like. This this is not the one to stand on, right? Like right. he's picking the wrong mountain to die on when or hill to die on when it's this particular play. It was brutal. Again, like definition of defenseless receiver, all of that. I guess he set up Gronk as a human <laughs> tackling dummy for ten years. I mean, he honestly, if Gronk wasn't a giant, he'd be dead right now because of the passes Tom Brady threw. So I do not I just I understand what you guys are saying about the yeah. defense on Miami I do not accept this idea that Tom Brady played quarterback perfectly in that regard. I think because that's do- what he's saying. He's saying, I did it perfectly, and Gardner Minshew is doing it imperfectly. Well, that's what he's implying. Um, and it's just <laughs> not true. I think we should put the poll question up, right? Is Does Tom Brady, like, you know, was he... Well, we'll work out the language here, but like, was is he to blame also? Right? He's he's not. He's kind of like uh, Tom Brady being a hypocrite. Is for, is Tom Brady being saying, a hypocrite yeah. by calling out Gardner Minshew yeah. when his receivers yeah. were definitely getting concussed? I'm not sure that's really a poll question, it but yeah, I hear what you say. It's, it's, an inter- it's an interesting debate. I still want to see the poll question: Can the Niners be the favorite without Christian McCaffrey? That's a poll question. Oh, do we have that one up? Well, no, we did do we we did the coach. Oh, of the we did year, coach of the year is our can, poll. We can update. Um, anyway, at Maggie and Pearl on the Twitter. Right. So we did ask earlier in the show who should win coach of the year. We all had different picks. Um, Maggie had D'Amico Ryan's. Pearl off had Kyle Shanahan. I had Kevin Stefanski, and Ryan had Shane Sykin. So. Kyle Shanahan right now sits at 23%. Tamiko Ryan sits at 47%. Nice. Kevin Stefanski sits at 22%. And Shane Steichen at three at 7%. Honestly, Ryan, the only reason why Shane Steichen is at 7% is because no one knows who he is. No one knows when the Colts are actually playing. That is true. <laughs> and nobody knows <laughs> what... they're a playoff team. Yeah. Nobody knows what the Colts are going to do for the last three games of the year. Talk <laughs> about a mystery. <laughs> Try to predict that. Uh, nobody really knows what D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans are going to do. This the, is going to be fun. I know, you way, guys think the league's mediocre. I love this. And stuff. you guys made a point about you know in the break we don't have Dan Campbell on this yeah. on this list now. We only had four choices yeah. that I can put on Twitter. So you know, take it play, up with Musk. Yeah, take it up with Elon Musk. That bozo. I think anyway. if, the, if the Lions win out, I think Dan Campbell wins it because mm-hmm. he's very popular. They and there's, there's no there's no common sense. It's just who do you like? Definitely. And I think they redeemed themselves by shellacking the Broncos this weekend. It was looking kind of dicey there for the Lions for a little bit. And maybe this got right. now who, 
also, it's going to be, you know, they have a big game against the Cowboys in two weeks. Right. And again, it easily could be D'Amico. D'Amico Ryans is like the Matt Nagy or the Kevin Stefanski, the new coach who gets the playoffs when you didn't expect to. That'll get you the award. Mm-hmm. It won't win you, win you a playoff game. <laughs> but, I mean, first of all, I'd buy into If I could have anyone's future on that list, D'Amico Ryan, CJ Stroud, sign me up. It's a good day to be a Texans fan. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, lots more to do, including, oh, what you must watch tonight. We'll get to that in just moments. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> Oh, welcome back to Maggie and Perloff Show. We have really, really exciting news that I cannot tell you about at all, but tune in Thursday. <laughs> Bogus about to get up and walk tune out. Tune in Thursday to, oh, to yeah. celebrate Maggie Gray. That's all I will say. That's all I will say. <laughs> we have a very positive show story. No one here except me and Maggie know about it. It's going to be a great little gift headed into the Christmas season. Meanwhile, speaking of actual gifts, is everyone going to be cool to do Secret Santa, White Elephant, whatever on Friday? Remember, maximum $10. Um, I am now. Have you yeah. remembered it? Can I say no? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's Tuesday. No way anyone was getting this gift earlier than Thursday. I'm like secretly terrible with gifts in terms of like That's not. That's going to make it even better. <laughs> $10 max. What do you mean you're terrible well, with gifts? Well, yeah, you're you thinking terrible gift? gets that give bad gifts, which is not necessarily true. It's more of the remembering, oh, right, it's your birthday. Oh, that's oh right. It's, you're a dude. It's, it's Christmas. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. It's, it's Christmas? Yeah, I'm bad with that. I'm like, I, you wake up January 1st and you're like, I feel like I had something to do. I have to keep reminding myself of the people I haven't gotten to yet, which is why I try, mm-hmm. like, when I, if I don't do it on Black Friday and just order everything and, you know, throw $1,000 <laughs> out yeah. of my bank account, like, if I don't do it then, then it's, it's going to be some kind of mad dash at the end on Christmas Eve sure trying to find the last person. Oh, sure wow. your girlfriend loves this. This sounds like a great <laughs> well, skill. Well, look, you get them. She's still your girlfriend, ex- yeah, so that's still okay. still here, seven years, so I guess I'm doing okay. Good I never, I never forget. I never forget her. I never forget the girlfriend. <laughs> Wise man. <laughs> but once you get married and have kids, then and you share a bank account, presents become irrelevant. It's nope. like it's my money you're spending on me, so <laughs> yeah. don't even do it. I, my husband and I haven't bought each other Christmas and gifts in years. Yeah, birthday. Uh, yes. Yeah, I get. I get like what I get earrings once a year. <laughs> they look she, great she on looks you too. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Well, I have clip-ons. Yeah. Clip-ons. <laughs> Clip-ons and Lululemon. You know me so well. <laughs> oh, well, stop. Men can wear Lululemon. It's a, wearing uh, a, one of the big growth sectors. Pearl wearing his wife's jogging pants. Got the internet really <laughs> triggered. Um, relax, people. Uh, okay, Fridays. That's when we're going to do the gift exchange. We'll do it on the air. Okay. Uh, we've been talking about Tom Brady's comments. Basically pointing the finger at Gardner Minshew for putting his wide receiver, Michael Pittman, in a bad spot where Steelers safety, Devontae Kazis, safety, uh, d- defensive backs, safety, whatever. He basically put a hit on Pittman that knocked him out of the game, and KZ has been suspended for the rest of the year and any potential playoff games. So Brady points the finger at Minshew. Hey, you've got our quarterbacks, not just Minshew, but our quarterbacks have to be better, not put our wide receivers in these bad spots, to which Perloff said... Brady caused more concussions by wide receivers than probably any NFL quarterback in history just because he played for so long. Also, and he, by the way, he completed so many passes as well. And one quick point as well to Perloff's point, is he doing this to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? He's, he's picking on. He's picking on a backup. He's well, picking yeah, on a guy he, he can't. He knows Minshew can't blow him up. 
Mahomes throws to the outside a lot, though. He is a no, but I'm just saying. I'm saying that just in theory, just like he, like he, like yeah. yeah, Does anybody know Gardner Minshew throws hospital balls? I I didn't know that. You're 100 percent right. He would never go after Mahomes. No, guys, it's Tom Brady. He can go after whoever he wants to. What's Josh Allen going to say to Tom Brady? Absolutely zero. He's not. He's not. Million years, he would not go after Patrick Mahomes. He's not doing the pinned IG IG post to blast Jalen Hurts. I don't think Mahomes actually puts guys very often in a bad spot. I'm not remembering. Like, Kelsey feels like he's always catching the ball, has time to put two arms around the ball like he's, you know, yeah, that's what I say. saving someone from a burning building and then running into Mahomes two doesn't work the middle of the field at all. I mean, well, like, Kelsey. That's, yeah, to but, Kelsey, but generally, though, that's not his spot. Yeah, we're talking Mahomes, but just, to, again, take any great quarterback. Yeah. Brady's not doing this. Josh oh, Allen has I, a – and Josh Allen, the one thing he can't do is throw a five-yard pass over the middle. That's no, gonna, if he tried Josh to get Allen's his, almost gotten Stephon Diggs killed yeah, 50 times. But I also say, if he tried to get his uh, – throw it into the coverage, he'd probably miss him three yards behind him, and neither guy would get hit. <laughs> yes, well, that too. But Tom Brady called Josh Allen fat. <laughs> He's definitely calling him out on this. You know, when they all played golf together, like during the pan- at the yeah. end of the pandemic, Lamar Jackson, who's arguably going to be MVP, he doesn't even throw the ball. Like his receivers never get blown up because they never are even in the play. Safest so. guy to play with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eric is in Colorado, wants to weigh in on this conversation. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. What's up? Well, I just think like uh, uh, it's more or less the rules' fault for like these these players. Like, I'm not saying like the D backs like. They're obviously supposed to be responsible when they're, you know, engaging a defenseless receiver. But if you were to, like, flag the offensive players just as much as you were flagging the defensive players for lowering their head and, you know, initiating contact, I think it would be totally different. I think this would be near as big of of an issue. Eric, but you know what? The league doesn't want that. Thank you for the phone call. The league doesn't want it, you know, and – I agree with Brady that too much gets put on the defensive guys. Like, they can't stop in midair. It's not magic loogies. And, you know, in, in turn, you know, it's crazy enough that you can't land with your full body weight on the quarterback now. I've, I feel terrible for guys. Like, how are you supposed to get your 320 pounds out of the way? Like, it's not the matrix, you know? Yeah, but I do think they actually pass rushers, and maybe the metrics would prove me wrong. I think they've gotten better at that. Well, I've seen just, that call last. I think they're just, like, pushing more. They're yeah, just, they've, they've adjusted a little bit. And it's probably good. Now, I think it's the bad players that are really getting a lot. Like, Kareem Jackson it was not a sign of strength that he kept on helmet to helmet, guys. I, I think it was weak. Back in the day, you could have a James Harrison, uh, guys who were just Rodney headhunting. Harrison. Rod, yeah, the safeties could just headhunt. But that now I think it's almost a sign of weakness that you do. Like KZ, that was not a strong play. It hurt his team. Uh, I don't think you headhunt. Uh, although I did. Who is the guy that I was glad about? Oh, I'm glad that your Bills were going after Dak Prescott's head the entire game. I know EJ was trying to say the Bills were playing dirty. Oh, yeah, I got Greg Williams back. Yeah, as an Eagles fan, we really appreciate it. Thank you, by the way. Uh, they were. How are you going to? You're hitting a guy as he's sliding to the ground. How do you do that twice? How do you make that mistake twice? All I know is Picking they made the heavy buckles. contact with Dak Prescott's helmet, and <laughs> that that happened. I don't know what what you call it if it was purpose on purpose or not. Let's go to our pals. Big Dave is in Kentucky. Dave, how are you, sir? Merry Christmas, guys, to you and yours. Nothing like, you know, celebrating the holiday spirit by hearing McLovin talk about how happy he was that they were going after someone's head. So well done, McLovin. <laughs> Our very own well, bridge. The fact <laughs> that Dak got, Dak got out of it okay, I think uh, I can admit. That. I mean, this is the fan base that booed Michael Irvin on the ground, Dave. I mean, it's a low bar for us. I'm fully aware. Hey, I just wondered, McLovin, you like 
should you and I make um, our Super Bowl game party game plans to you know, to watch the game together since it's obvious that neither one of our teams are going to be in it this year? <laughs> Wait, I, I don't know if you're giving me a hard time. Dave, do you feel like – I feel like Dallas and Philly are in the same boat right now. They are looking at a juggernaut. Yeah, I think they have no chance. But the thing about it is, you know, it, obviously it looks like the Niners are the uh, – are the cream of the crop, but we talked about this a little bit mid-season, a little prior to mid-season. Yeah, this seems like the the kind of year that, I mean, anything mm. can yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, you have teams that go um, on for two or three games. You know, um, who was it that, um, I mean, the Niners look mediocre against, who was it that? Cleveland, the Vikings? Yeah, the Vikings. That Vikings, was the game yeah. in particular I was talking about, yeah. yeah. But you know, I still think through the uh, cream of the crop. What's, what's up with what's up with all these old quarterbacks, man? I mean, why do they have the need like Brady? I know mm. everybody's hanging on his every word, but he's talking about how mediocre the uh, league is. He's hanging these quarterbacks out to dry. You got uh, Cam Newton, you know, yeah. dubbing oh. all these system quarterbacks, quarterbacks uh, versus system quarterbacks, game changers. They, they yep. Shut up! I mean, <laughs> you know, and you're right, Maggie. I mean, it, this is not. Uh, I think it's an unfair narrative that they're putting these defensive players in. I mean, obviously all the odds have been stacked in the favor of the offensive players, but why can't people just get along? (laughs) Good point. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Best of luck. Cowboys, Dolphins, the big one coming up. Um, See, I kind of like when I hear from these quarterbacks, though, because now we can finally hear what they really think. You know, because Brady's Mm. so buttoned up all those 22 years. And, you know, Cam was a little bit more loquacious, but now we get to really see. Like, Mm. And I love it when guys will then, like Alex Smith, will then call out Brady, who called out the league. Because then Alex Smith's like, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, you just won a Super Bowl, so should we discount the seventh one because you were still playing in such a mediocre era? And also, don't forget, you know, you had all this, this. You played in the crappy AFC East. And, like, now we get to really see a little more of what the conversation might actually be like behind the scenes with these guys. Yeah, but you have to admit, it sounds kind of sad that these retired quarterbacks are continually criticizing the current quarterbacks. It feels like Does sour anyone call Charles Barkley sad? I mean, he calls out the current state of the NBA, and I think I mean, he, he's LeBron, become a gajillionaire LeBron, for LeBron, Kevin Durant. Well, well yeah, pick Charles Kobe Bryant, pick your star. They've all hated Charles at some point. Okay, yeah. but th- I it's think, awesome. <laughs> but it's also like what our boss says about you know when when one when something you says strikes a nerve, that's how you know that you might be close to the truth. I, I would I, you know what I want? I think we need a Tom Brady, and we need like Andrew Perloff on like not to give Perloff. Maybe I'm putting him over. Like I think the problem is like we have these quarterbacks and these older players that they say this stuff, and I agree with a lot of what they're saying. But there is kind of no pushback with whoever they're talking to. What we really need is to see these quarterbacks, like have Tom Brady say, how dare Gardner Minshew throw the ball over the middle like that? And have Andrew Perloff say, didn't Wes Walker have a million concussions? Yeah. Like, Did I you throw to Julian Edelman right near Cam Chancellor? And he'll say, well, that was Cam Chancellor. What do you expect me to do? Like, what's well, that conversation okay, going to be but like? But that's what Alex Smith did. He was like, hey, well, right. hold on one second. And so that's why I think that, you know, you do have, you just need more people like that who can be the foil. Right, because yes, Tom will likely his opinion might go unchecked. Um, Andrew Bogish is here with headlines. Ten plays, ninety-two yards, the longest drive of the season for the Seahawks, and it ended with this block from the shotgun. JSN is wide to the far side. Drew looks, throws that way. Got JSN. He reaches up. 
Make the catch! Touchdown! Seahawks! Holy catfish! What a throw by Drew Locke! Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. Great throw, great catch with 28 seconds left on Monday Night Football. Only lead of the night for Seattle. They steal a 2017 win from those scuffling Eagles. Locke playing hero in his second consecutive start for the injured Geno Smith. You don't get very mo- many moments. You don't get very many opportunities in this league. Um, and with every opportunity you get, you need to be as ready as you can be because you don't get a ton of them. The win. Pearl off is uh, protesting. protesting. My headphones are out. It was, it that was that sounded big, like an extra long, <laughs> an extra long touchdown call, Bogus. I know what you're doing here. Touchdown. I know he. I came in this morning and the smile from ear to ear because the Eagles lost. Holy catfish! I just missed you. I didn't see you yesterday. That was my only excitement. <laughs> <laughs> the win snaps Seattle's four-game skid, puts them alongside the Vikings, Rams, and Saints. It's seven and seven. Minnesota and LA have wildcard spots this morning. So do the Eagles, who have now dropped three in a row. The Cowboys still win their tiebreaker for the NFC East since they lost this week too. Micah Parsons on the edge with Micah Parsons not enjoying media members enjoying Dallas's beating in Buffalo. Everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts who somehow got jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy. Like, oh, there he is. That's the person we've been waiting for. It's almost to the point where it's like almost sick. Former players are waiting for other current players to fail so that way they have something to talk about. It's not even to just get into names. I mean, I feel like like at this point, you kind of know who you are. And it's like, why do you want a person to lose so bad? It seems that a lot of people are just waiting for people to fail. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing, Micah? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Did he not, does he not understand? Yeah. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the sports me, I'm people. Well, also, it's like, is he surprised? Well, he's going to pull Richard Sherman, and he's going to be the exact opposite once he gets into the media. Everything Richard <laughs> Sherman said for 10 years as a player went out the window the second he got into the booth. Oh, yeah. so, now so, Richard Sherman is the yeah, number Mike, one media hater in the world, yeah, Mike, especially on the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think Michael Parr... Sorry, it, Russell. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. That's the way the industry works. I mean, you got to have guys on ESPN ripping bad quarterback play. I, I just don't... I, I think it's just kind of interesting that he's like... Uh, like people are waiting for Dak to fail. Pointing yeah. out when someone doesn't play well is not waiting for someone. To well, fail. I understand what he's talking about. the The consensus on the Cowboys after every game is so insane. Okay. Just because there's so many men. Every time the Cowboys do something, it's a referendum on where the Cowboys are. It is all. It's over the top. Okay. Well, I would also say, like, go to who's the most irrelevant franchise in the league right Carolina. now. Carolina. Go to Carolina and lose all but two games. Yeah. No one's going to be saying Jack Squadusha. <laughs> oh, so you're so saying, what's, what so you're do saying you should be happy about? It. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he didn't choose to go to the Dallas Cowboys. He got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He's definitely choosing to do a podcast. He's right. definitely getting publicity out of being there. He's doing a podcast, and couldn't you make the argument that he still has not been around long enough to talk as much as he talks? I mean, he's yeah. constantly saying something every single week. Why is he qualified to have an opinion, but other people can't? Did you see the video behind the scenes draft video, draft night video of him? That guy cannot shut up in the best possible way because yeah. he's he's like Charles Barkley. He's got this personality where it just oozes out of him. And actually, usually he's pretty entertaining. He was supposed to do a weekly at one point, I think, with Skip and Shannon, and then he backed out of it. That was last year. That was probably a smart thing. I think yeah. he's a na- he's a he's natural. A natural. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you we know these guys. Yeah. I want to hear what he has to say. Right. Like I I'm interested in that. So. 
but I'm just a little surprised that it's like, wait, you don't know how this thing works? I think he's sensitive because I do think that, I think he's right. I think people wait for Dak to fail. But it also, there is a weird, and, and I've never lived it, so maybe I don't understand it, but this idea that we can only be nice yes. is just wrong. Like, if you don't play well, you have a bad game, like yep. you just said, Maggie, if you're talking about you struggling, that's just reality. That's not right. taking shots. And if you're taking shots, it's a whole other that's conversation. That's a whole other thing. You go personal. You do right. like what Jamal Adams did to you know reporter's wife, yeah. stuff like that. Like That, that kind that. of stuff is crazy. Uh, that goes both ways, by the way. But, but if I you think... no-show in Buffalo on basically national TV, you're yeah. allowed to get crushed over the next 18 hours. And he himself said this was unacceptable, that right. was the way we're playing on the road. So you're supposed to be like, well, Michael Parsons said it's unacceptable, but we still love the Cowboys. <laughs> also, like, t- tell the rest of your team to try to tackle somebody. Right. I think there's a difference between the players' view losses and the media views losses. I think the players understand this is a 20-game season where the media does not seem to understand that. I mean, maybe that's just my point of view, but players in a locker room understand this is part, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I hate the idea that we everything has to be about, oh, is he in the Hall of Fame now, or is he in the MVP category? But, like, I've gotten over it because it's just going to happen. It's stupid to get angry on a Monday morning that they're having the same conversations on the TV because they're just going to keep having them. So why is like why is he still bothered by this? Catching him off guard, defending his guy, maybe. But you can do that without like criticizing yeah. whoever he's talking about in this clip that they shouldn't be running their mouth. You know who you are. I know. Well, is it the Stephen A? <laughs> yeah. Is it Stephen A. Smith? Is that what we're doing here? Because those are he the funniest said former players. So yeah, Stephen former A. players. Not a former it's, player. I don't know who else that Stephen could be. A. Does he's celebrating the Cowboys' losses that are the funniest thing ever? I give him full credit for that. Uh, LSU QB Heisman winner Jaden Daniels declares for the draft. And for the second time this season, although it feels like it's the 20th, the Falcons are benching Desmond Ritter for Taylor Heineke. <laughs> NBA last night. The we had to, I'm sorry. We had to do like multiple checks on Google. Like what happened to Heineke? It's like, oh yeah, he had a hamstring injury. We had to go he back did? through. I didn't yeah. do that check with you. <laughs> EJ and I were trying to journalism this thing. And we were yeah, checking. called Google. <laughs> <laughs> Two Googles, though. You were Googling, and I was Googling. We had to match it up with the pro football reference. I mean, it, it took a full three and a half minutes. He had a hamstring injury. Do they have a third quarterback in the house? Is there anybody else there? Is, um, there's got to be. Does it matter? Do you <laughs> want to really. see that person? Oh, they got Logan Woodside uh, oh, somewhere guy. around. Yeah. yeah. Now, he's a uh, spring football legend. Oh, yeah. Logan Woodside. A-A-A-F. Yep. There's How yeah, many extra A's? A in there. Triple yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AF? Do they tell your Do they play car? against the AARP All-Star team? <laughs> yeah, it was like a drinking season, problem at you play spring football. American Alliance <laughs> at football. <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, and women's college hoops last night, second-ranked UCLA pushed its win streak to 10-77-71 at number 13, Ohio State. Guys, back to you. Bogus, thank you. The one coach that we did not think was going to be on the hot seat Finding it a little bit toasty right now. Could one legend in the game be on his way out? We'll get to that in a moment. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. We can get tell that the jury duty is getting to Perloff. So the grand jury just told oh. us, hey, if you're ever thinking about committing a crime, don't. Or wear makeup because you're going to be on camera. <laughs> no, not makeup like how women wear makeup. Like a mask or a disguise. No, I'm just saying you are in high def camera. Oh, all oh the, like get ready yeah, for a yeah. close up. Like uh, makeup like we wear makeup for TV. Yeah. Like you might get it because you are going to be on film. It, it's crazy. Uh, the surveillance state, which sounds like a bad word, but it, it makes me feel safer. We're being filmed. Yeah. You walk outside this building. It's on camera. Good. I want to be on camera. I mean, it's okay with me. Like on the city street when I'm in a public place yeah. anyway, I want to be on camera. And you are wearing makeup. 
And I do generally wear makeup. 855-212-4CBS. Back to sports. Tyler is in Arkansas, wants to weigh in. Tom Brady pointing the finger at quarterbacks and specifically Gardner Minshew for putting his wide receiver, Michael Pittman, in a bad spot. Pittman got knocked out of the game. DeMonte KZ from the Pittsburgh Steelers has been uh, suspended for the rest of the season on that hit. And Tom Brady says, hey, lay off the defensive guys. It's not all their fault. Hey, Tyler, what do you think about it? Hey, I, you know, so there's a couple layers to this, I think. And my first point, I think, is that Rob Gronkowski probably shouldn't be part of this conversation on the Tom Brady side because the guy's 6'7", 275. Yeah. He took pride in doing that the way he did. He gave out as much punishment as, a, as you know, a Patrick Willis would have in those situations. That's part of who I he understand. was That's player. what Perloff is saying Brady is hypocritical for calling out other quarterbacks. Right. When he put so, Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and Gronk in bad spots. I, towards career. the end, when all the receivers left New England, and he had he had to put Gronk in a lot of bad spots. That's all I thought, because he needed Gronk so badly. But right. Go ahead. So, so on, the, on the Gronkowski thing, I think that was really just a big part of his game. Like, that's a lot of the reason that, that people – uh, really love Rob Gronkowski is because of his willingness to do that and then the punishment that he gave out in right. those situations. He wanted to do that. Now, on the flip side of that, a little bit, like a Julian Edelman and a Wes Welker, the reason that they made it in the league is because of their toughness and because they were willing to go in there and do Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Do that. Um, But, like... I think what Tom Brady's saying on the Gardner Minshew Michael Pittman thing is like if you go back and look at that play, the way that Pittman has to lay out to get that ball with the defender right there closing in is very, very, very seldom that in a Tom Brady game you would see a guy have to do that. Oh, yeah, Pittman like, had to go Tom way Brady, up to get the ball. He was like the definition yeah. of a defenseless receiver. You're right yeah. about that. The ball placement was not good. Pittman had to make a big play. Terrible. I think I think like in those situations, I think it's really lopsided 75, 80% of the time. Tom Brady's throwing that ball kind of behind him or at least back a little bit, giving him an opportunity to slow down and brace himself. He's still going to get his head taken off. Like, that's a hit that's been going on for a long time, and it's the rules have changed to make it, you know, we think about it a lot worse. But it's yeah. Gardner Mitchell. He's a backup. What do you expect from exactly. him? I mean, no, he's no, desperate. No. Yeah, you're totally right on that. Uh, but I think he has a point in what he's saying, like, 
20, 15 yeah. years ago, everybody would have crucified Gardner Minshew for making that throw. You know, Tyler, I, I think it's a great point, and mm-hmm. I think this is what Brady is saying, and this is why I agree with him on this one, which is the the quarterback, like, you do, it does still have to be part of the strategy of the game where the quarterback has to try to put the ball where the wide receiver can catch it and he can also protect himself while catching the ball. I, I yeah. think that should be part of the game. That's part of the nuance. That's part of what makes these quarterbacks, some of them, great. Now, unfortunately, maybe there's not a lot of great quarterbacks. And, and Minshew's a very high-end backup, but there's a He's lot He's actually of, playing really well. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they could win a playoff game, potentially. So keep the calls coming on Tom Brady's critique of the quarterbacks uh, leaving their wide receivers in a bad spot. EJ is here to get us up to speed on the one college bowl game we should be watching today. Hey, EJ. What's up, guys? So we have some late bowl action tonight. The UT San Antonio Roadrunners take on Marshall, the Thundering Herd in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. UTSA is seeking its first Bowl victory in program history. Now, UST, UTSA is in its first season in the AAC and was a 7-0 record in league play before a loss to Tulane knocked them out of the league's title game. The Roadrunners are only in their 13th season as a football program. So, it will be the last dance for San Antonio quarterback Frank Harris. He stepped on campus as a freshman in 2017 and will play his 54th and final college football game <laughs> tonight. How Harris old is, is he? He's 24 years old. Um, he is 19th on the FBS career list of, of total yards. He has 14,007 total yards. That's almost 12,000 passing, 2,000 rushing. Meanwhile, Marshall comes in as a team in a bit of disarray. Chad <laughs> Pennington, Randy Moss not walking through that door. <laughs> Marshall is bowling for the seventh year in a row despite losing six of its last eight games. The offensive coordinator joined four Thundering Herd assistant coaches who were put on the unemployment line. They were fired after the season. They will also be without nine players who are in the transfer portal, including the starting quarterback Cam Francher and leading receiver receiver (laughs) Caleb Coombs. So to remix a, a, a great Coach Carter quote, I guess that means there will be two new leading scorers in this yeah. bowl season. So uh, Marshall does have a new offensive coordinator, Seth Doge. You may remember him. He used to oh, be able yeah. to spin it at Texas Tech. He had back-to-back 4,000-yard seasons uh, as a quarterback at Texas Tech in 2011 and 2012. So I think he was matchup. at USC, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. I know he did this at Texas Tech. So, yeah. I thought he was uh, on the coaching staff at USC. Fun matchup tonight. Kickoff at 9. By the way, most iconic Marshall player, not Pennington Mott, not Moss. Byron Leftwich is the ultimate thundering herd to me. Sorry, also, DJ. Scooter's Coffee as an iced sugar cookie latte. Sounds really good. That that caught my interest. Yeah, you're more into the menus that these different bowl game <laughs> hey, companies what about Frank have. Frank Harris. He's about to lay it all in line for the last time. 54th sure. game. All of that. 54th game playing college football. What are we doing? We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.